Hello, hello. It's episode 64 of the Do More Good podcast, and we've got a cracker for you as we talk to Jay Flynn, the man behind Jay's virtual pub quiz. Not only does he talk about entertaining the nation on a Thursday night, but we have his amazing life story, from sleeping on embankment to an invite to the palace. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to season five of the Do More Good podcast. You're listening to the Do More Good podcast. The Do More Good podcast. Uh, welcome to Do More Good podcast. Do more good. Do good, do more. Do more good podcast. Do more good podcast. That's what you want me to say. Yeah. You're okay. listening to the Do More Good podcast. Here we are, James. Episode number 65 of the Do More Good podcast. How are you doing? I am good, Kenny. It's been a, it's been a couple of weeks since I've seen your little face. So, uh, yeah, very well. Thank you. How's half yeah. term treating you? Oh, yes. Yeah, we're in the middle of half term. It's, it's OK, actually. A couple of days um, away from work and a bit of decorating. Mm. Got my old... Um, paintbrushes out this week and yeah i'm just looking at the lines at the minute it's uh should have uh, got someone what, what color is it that, that oh the, look i'm not imagine i'm i'm oh, oh i don't know what it's called i don't get involved in those decision making i'm just a doer right you know just give me the paintbrush show me where you want it and that'll do yeah. but yeah apparently there was a cushion out of place earlier that I had to replace in so, you know i was gonna say yeah i can see it's been replaced there <laughs> yeah but yeah how... your feng shui is back in yeah, exactly. How are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, good. I I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the, the, the clock's going back, but I've been decorating as well. A, a duck green has been going. <sighs> Sounds posh. Yeah, must be the time of year. And they're settling in, clocks have gone back. Mm. Nesting. Have yes. I know that's it, isn't it? On the nights drawing in now, and um, but still lots going on in the world. While whilst we're still in this, I mean, one day James will be back together again for that beer and be able to record these face to face. But until then, I'll have to see your your smiling face over Zoom. But yeah, lots going on in the world at the moment. Still, yeah. I think that we were said before we started recording. I mean, Marcus Rashford has to get a shout out, doesn't he? At the moment, that guy's just you know really. Really this is, this is it for him now, isn't it? He's, he's got his MBE. I saw he picked, this morning he picked up a Pride of Britain award and he's got the hat trick, isn't he? With a mention on Do More Good as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I was I, I was listening to something the other day and, and it was just talking about his his motivations. And I remember in the early when he when he first came out into the, you know, in into the public around the cause and, and the free school meals that people were quite critical of him, you know, and saying he was doing, it was kind of set up by his agency and he, you know, all of that kind of thing. But realistically, that guy doesn't have anything to, he's got everything. He's a professional footballer. He plays up front for England and one of the greatest teams in the world. He's got enough money, um, yeah. but he's just really fighting behind this cause. And yeah, just love it. You can't help but be inspired. Yeah, absolutely that. And you can't, you can't pick on him, can you? Because exactly as you say, he's doing it purely because he's a, he's a nice guy. It's been wonderful to see. Really. Yeah. And you've had a bit of fun at work this week. Didn't you have a, a listening session with uh, with one of our yeah. podcast episodes and your work and, colleagues? 
You're absolutely right. If you think Marcus Rashford's profile has gone up over the last week, my goodness, he's got nothing on on James Wright at Sue Ryder fundraising and marketing festival. Let me tell you. So, um, <laughs> one of my uh, one of my lovely colleagues put forward the Do More Good podcast with Kate Lee for a lunchtime session, kind of listen along session. So I had to tune in and, and watch the chat as everybody listened to the same episode and kind of answered questions and is Kenneth really that good looking? <laughs> you use the same joke, you know, in team meetings as you do on every show. So uh, it was really good. And it, obviously it boosted our numbers. So yeah. all good, all good news. Yeah. Good. Uh, and talking of numbers, it's probably a good time to introduce our guest who's patiently sitting there who we have to caveat that when he joined the call he wasn't his video wasn't working or or he didn't know how to use video but as we'll go on to explain that is was quite a surprise so our guest this week has really been on a, a roller coaster over the last six months originally from London but now living in Lancashire Jay Flynn has raised over £750,000 for charity since the start of lockdown He's entertained the nation regularly with more than 50,000 people tuning in each week for his infamous quiz show Jay's Virtual Pub Quiz. And with guest appearances from famous celebs such as Stephen Fry, Gary Barlow, Rick Astley, he's helped raise an unbelievable amount for charities and really helped to entertain the nation during this difficult time. But being a quizmaster wasn't always his plan. Ten years ago, Jay was homeless and now the former pub, pub landlord has used his quizmaster skills to raise everyone's spirits throughout the pandemic. Broadcasting from his bedroom, his show now holds the Guinness World Record for the most live viewers of a quiz with more than 180,000 households tuning in in late April. And if you haven't seen that episode, it's a one to, to go back and watch again because Jay's reaction is just brilliant as the numbers continue to climb. And, and to quote him directly, he said, I'm just an idiot who sits in front of a camera and asks questions on a Thursday night. But far from an idiot, Jay has gone on to receive a number of awards and recognitions for his services to the community. He now holds an MBE from the recent Queen's Honours List. He's one of England's lion hearts, recognising inspirational individuals who've gone above and beyond during the challenging time for the nation. And he has just had his first book published, received a letter from the Prime Minister, and he continues to broadcast live to the nation every week and is currently supporting the Samaritans, which is a, a charity I'm sure is very relevant at the moment and I thought just to sum it up I wanted to quote Stephen Fry who appeared on the quiz as we mentioned and Stephen said Jay is Q the quiz master's quiz master his achievements form one of the happiest and most hopeful stories to have emerged from the madness of lockdown so we're really pleased to welcome Jay Flynn to the do more good podcast how are you doing Jay hi guys how are you thanks for having me no worries. Thanks for thanks for coming on. So yeah, so hopefully after that introduction, you you not not being able to to work your camera joining the call uh, <laughs> makes a bit more sense. <laughs> to, to be fair, people who watch the who listening to this and have watched the quiz will know that that's just par for the course with me. It's usually that I've not got my <laughs> microphone switched on, or there's a classic one of the quizzes. I'm having big microphone problems. I sound like a Dalek, and you just see my microphone go across the screen while I'm trying to fix it so yeah people with no technical problems they'll just go yeah that's Jay that's what he's been like for the last seven months so <laughs> so Jay I mean the, the you know the podcast the do more good podcast is all around people who are doing more good and, and you really epitomize it through what you've achieved over the last six months but before we get into the story and how it all started why don't you just tell us a bit about your background 
Yeah, so my life's sort of been in two parts, if that makes sense. So there was the whole, you know, the growing up, the school, the becoming an adult kind of thing. And then I sort of, you know, through a few issues, I had uh, two unfortunate years on the streets of London. And that's almost like, you know, if you use the football analogy, it's like that's half time. And now I'm in the second stage of my life and I've started again. And I had to start again. I rebuilt my life. The, the charity that supported me, Connection at St. Martin's, rebuilt me from a shell. You know, I, there was there was nothing there. There wasn't a personality or anything anymore because I'd not spoken to anyone for two years. So, you know, you, you people have developed their personalities, you know, with you know people around you kind of thing. So they rebuilt me from a shell. And now I'm in the, the second part of my life. I feel, you know, I'm a, I'm a completely different person than I was you know sort of say 15 years ago so I then found myself in the northwest because I'm originally from south London found myself up here in the northwest um which is blowing an absolute gale and chucking it down with uh, rain at the moment so I've got used to that but yeah so I live up here now with my wife and my little three-year-old you know we've been married four years been together seven and now I'm sort of the you know a Guinness world record holder and MBE which still doesn't feel right it does it still does it still feels like someone's going to wake me up in a minute and say oh by the way we're going into lockdown tomorrow that's kind of what this whole sort of six seven months has just felt like it's just been an incredible dream and you say that the connection at st martin's rebuilt you what a fantastic job they did i'm sure you're all over their marketing materials i mean as you say mbes and and going on to to raise a fortune for charity they, they found me where I was on the streets of London. I, I slept on the embankment, right by Embankment Tube Station. I called it my own my own bench. I called it number three, river, uh, Riverside View, uh, Victoria Embankment, because, you know, the view I woke up to on a morning, people pay millions for in London. You know, I've got the London Eye to the right and a beautiful skyline. But Connection at St. Martin said they'd have found me quicker, but they just didn't think anyone would be stupid enough to sleep down there in the in the wide open of, of Victoria Embankment and you know when I when I first you know the first couple of weeks in there you know is a bit of a blur but you know they helped me they they sat they didn't treat me as any differently than a normal person what's your goal where would you like to be what would you like to do you know other than obviously you know be off the street then they were brilliant and they allowed me to express myself and re rediscover it and I always said to them when you know we finished the association room I said I will repay you I don't know when I don't know how but I will find a way to give something back to you. And the quiz has opened that up and it's really helped. And I've raised, raised quite a bit of money for them. I love that. The, the, the aspiration, the thing that not, not just to get you off the streets, but where do you want to be? Where, how do you imagine your, the rest of your life? That's a lovely thought, isn't it? Because it, it would be quite tempting just to say, right, I'm going to fix this problem that we're in right now. Whereas actually what they said to you is dream, go bigger than that, go, go higher and yeah, they, I mean, they had all the support services that you'd expect. So, you know, for housing, if you were, you know, had a problem with certain areas of your life, they had those as well, things like counselling sessions. But then outside of that, there was um, a lady who used to come in with a keyboard and you could have singing lessons once a week. There were football sessions, which I've got, I'm a massive football fan. So I threw everything, you know, into that and wanted to be a part of the team. And it wasn't just the sessions. They also had the team in a league as well. So you had something to work towards. You weren't just going down for a kickabout with a few mates. It was proper training sessions by an incredible man called Peter, who was a, he's got a qualifications in football coaching. You know, so it was properly structured stuff. And then upstairs, they had a workspace area. So you could sit and you could start looking at different you know, ideas for work and career and 
they had links in with companies they said to me what would you like to do and radio and sort of audio things had been a big part of my life while I was on the streets. so I'd always try and listen to a radio to feel a part of something I said oh, I'd love to be like a radio producer well we've never had anyone like that right leave it with us a couple of weeks let's find out the career path and off they went and they went and found out what I'd need to do all the steps I'd need to take and they were trying to look at experience in those areas where can we get you some work experience which can we get you somewhere and I mean ultimately I went down a different path but for that moment it was right let's find you that let's get that reason for it let's get let's get you in there and find a way to do it and Jay charity's been part of your life were you were you aware of charities growing up I mean obviously as you've just described you know you were a direct beneficiary of a charity at a time when you needed it in your life and you know what you've gone on to achieve now after that but I'm just interested were, were charities part of your life were you aware of charities when you were younger and growing up yeah I mean uh, growing up I mean things like you know the usual children in need you know the televised things and stuff like that obviously were you know I mean they were almost family events you'd sit down with the family and you'd watch through it and you know go through sort of those ones definitely other charities I've never really I've never really asked for help in my life so I've never gone out and and seeked sort of charities I mean I always I mean I love charity shops you know even before because they're always good for a bargain and that always made me feel that you know I was doing something but in terms of actually getting help from a charity I'd never never thought to go to a charity and say can you help me in any way shape or form because it was never in my nature to that's why it was quite difficult Connection at St Martin's left me a card and it took me about three days to then go to Connection at St Martin's and go and speak to them because I didn't want to sort of put my hand up and go hi can you can you help me even though I'd spent two years on my own. Well imagine after two years actually that that step is quite a difficult one to take and you say you were staying connected through radio where you um, with the outside world maybe but then making that step and having that conversation is probably a really a really tough thing to do. Yeah, the most sort of physical interactions that I'd had up to that point were random lost tourists standing in Leicester Square saying, how do we find Leicester Square? Yeah, that's fine. Go to Piccadilly train station that way. Go one stop. You'll get off at Leicester Square and you'll end up basically back where we are now. That was the only interaction I had. There was a lot of time spent with my own thoughts and there were a lot of very you know dark moments in those two years. But it, yeah, to actually have someone say, leave a note saying, we want to help you. I mean, there's one that sticks in my mind. It's about a year in when I was on the embankment. And there was a jogger who kept running past sort of every Saturday morning I'd see him. And I'd always be about the time I'm getting myself starting, you know, wake up and get moving. And he'd always, he'd always run past and go, morning. i go, morning. And that was it. And off we go. And then one morning he ran past, morning, morning, stopped, turned around and went, there's £10, go and get yourself a coffee. And I said, oh, do you want me to bring the change next week? So I kind of thing. Because as far as I was concerned, I wasn't, you know, there's 10 pounds going buy a coffee he went no I don't want the change it's for you and then carried on and that made me straight away go someone's helping me oh this doesn't feel right you know I've just spent a year so yeah it was a very hard hard step to cross the line but you know without a shadow of doubt I'm glad that I did when I used St Martin's on the on the quiz and put them into focus was because I wanted people that to know that they are out there you know and it's not just St Martin's you know you've got St Mungo's you've got I think it's Brick in Manchester so if anyone does find themselves falling on hard times and starting to fall down the path that I did and then end up in that situation, that they know that there's somewhere they can go straight away. So they're not going to be out there for you know best part of two years on their own. 
And so fast forward a little bit, Jay, I guess you I understand you became a, a pub landlord and, and that's where the quiz type experience started. Is that is that right? Yeah, I'd I'd run a few pubs in my early sort of, you know, supervisor and what have you in my early 20s when I was back home in London and when moved up to the northwest. I'd had a good career in retail and in motor trade and sort of in car sales, but I always want, I, I always love being around people, you know, and now I'd built a nice network around me. I wanted to be among people again properly. And I thought maybe pubs is the way to do it. And my wife's cousin owned the pub, owned a building and said, well, I need someone to manage it. I was like, well, I've got a personal license. I'll do it. You know, let's crack on. Lovely pub here in Darwin. It's a locals pub, you know, everyone knows everyone's name, you know, it's that traditional kind of pub. You know, I had a great time running it, but I, I was running it for them. And I had a sort of a friend of mine who had a bit of money to sort of invest in a pub. And there was another pub further into town. And we both went, okay, this could be a good idea. Why don't we do it ourselves? And Thursday night was the best night of the week. It was quiz night. I'd been to quizzes every Thursday night with my friends. So they were coming along to, to play the quiz. It was our night. So there's been me me up on stage with a couple of beers or a gin, and I'd be sat there and having a laugh with everyone. And, I mean, we gave up the pub before the pandemic, so it was the uh, beginning of March. And that last quiz night, when I handed over, you know, and said to everyone, this is it, this is the last one, it, it broke me because I thought, this has been so much fun doing this. But it meant that I got back with friends. So for a couple of weeks before they shut the pubs down, I was back out. So I was the other side of it. I'm sitting there and there's a quiz master asking me questions like, brilliant, I'm going to catch you out here kind of thing. <laughs> um, and the quiz is brilliant. And then that was it. We then got told, nope, you're not even doing that anymore. I thought, well, I still want to get together with everyone on a Thursday. What can I do? Wow, I've got a bit sort of technological mind about me. What, what do I reckon? Sure, there's got to be a video software I can do it or I just do a live Facebook stream on my own Facebook tap away there's an event off it goes and then you know now <laughs> seven months down the line we're now sat here and the audiences have just been incredible wow. yeah it has gone from from a room in a pub to 180,000 rooms across the country <laughs> hasn't it but there is something and, and you talk a little bit there about needing some software I think that some of the beauty of lockdown has been the authenticity and people kind of sellotaping stuff together and getting it out there and making it happen and that was the beauty of it that first quiz that I did and it's still there on YouTube 26th of March I'm there with you know a laptop some antiquated camera that's in the middle of the screen my microphone doesn't sound great it's all foggy and everything and there's you know all the random bits that we normally have in the room behind me not really thinking about setting everything up yeah it was just that sort of authenticity and then my wife and housemate they then put together a sign homemade so it was you know, an old pair of red curtains we had and the logo that she designed and it's all pinned together and it's still on the wall downstairs. A lot of people have said it's been great to watch that evolution from the 26th of March to where it is now because I've got, you know, the sign that's in the background and stuff, which was kindly put together by a company for us. And you learn, I've learned so much. You know, if this all came crashing down tomorrow, I'm now proficient in Zoom, apart from getting my camera turned on and stuff, but I'm proficient <laughs> in Zoom. You know, I can use broadcasting software like there's no tomorrow now. And I know my way around the YouTube studio. So, you know, I've, I've learned new skills that will be going on my CV if this all comes crashing down. So. And, and I guess there is no better way to learn than in front of hundreds of thousands of people. That is straight <laughs> in at the deep end, isn't it? So you put there about how you took your, your, your pub quiz and, and then started broadcasting that. What, did you have conversations with people? Did someone say you should do this online? Was it you that thought I'm going to do it or... It was, it was just me. I was, 
I, w- I was sat in my new, so I'd, I'd, when we gave it the pub, I went back into the motor trade because it was a job I knew I could get straight away. And my old boss said, well, I need a salesman, come and join me. So when they said on the Friday, Boris said, right, we're shutting the pubs. I was sat at work on the Saturday and it was quiet and I'm sat there twiddling my thumbs going, what am I going to do Thursday night? It's the one that's my looking forward to. That's my weekend, if you like. I thought, well, let's just, why don't I do a quiz online? And I just, it was one of those spur of the moment, literally sat at work with my phone and I just went, just create an event and see what happens. Boom. And just left it there. And I just put it as a post on my Facebook said, guys, are you interested? Do you think it'll be fun? You know, just a bit of a giggle. And I left it at that and I forgot about it on the Saturday. I just, that was it, done. And it wasn't until the Monday I got a message on Facebook in my request box from a random person saying, can you tell me more about your pub quiz? <laughs> right, okay. Went and had a look and it had 700 people at that point on the Monday. And my boss jokes and said, oh, it'll be, you know, it'll be, it'll be a thousand by the time you get home. Well, it was a thousand within a couple of hours. By the time I got home, I think it had got up to 20,000 people because it timed with Boris going, that's it, we're locking the whole country down. By the time that first quiz went out on the 26th of March, there was over half a million people either interested or going. They'd either ticked either of those options on the Facebook event. Wow. I spent a week, I was addicted to my phone that week because I'm like refreshing it every 10 minutes going, walking, I'm thinking my wife must have got really fed up with me. So I'm going, 50,000 now, what am I going to do? <laughs> 20 minutes later, it's 100,000, what am I going to do now? You know, But every single idea I had went out the window. It just completely so oh, i can do this on zoom jay you've got 700 people yeah i can't do that on zoom uh well i could do this no can't do that now because you've now got 10 it was just it was a very weird we i just went with what i know i just thought right i'll just sit in front of a camera with 50 questions and ask them and see what happens it's you know what jay it's, it's brilliant as you say because as you were talking then and you described the put the small pub in darwin James and I enjoy a pub. We've been recording these podcasts in pubs for for a couple of years because we love the fact that there's people, there's the atmosphere, the community, the conversations, that strange guy at the bar who's always sat there and he's, you know, them characters that we, yeah, normally me, those characters that we have in local pubs. And you described it so eloquently. And then you basically just reformed that in a digital space at exactly the right point when the country needed it. And you caught the imagination and everyone talks about you can have the best idea, but if the timing's wrong, you know, it, it might fall away. But you just got the timing spot on. And then what was that first quiz like? What was the what was the first one and how did that go? We were only just talking about this the other day and we wish that we'd filmed my reaction before I pushed go live because I'm sat in front of this laptop and I'm just watching the numbers going up. It's like there's 500 people waiting. I was like, there's still half an hour before we're due to start. There's a thousand people waiting. And it was at 5,000 people before, you know, waiting just for the quiz to start. I've watched it back the other day. I'm like a rabbit in the headlights. This is just, oh, let us know where you're playing. Argentina, you know, Canada, <laughs> New Zealand. Oh, come on, you lot are taking them. And it was just genuinely like, no, 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 I'm here in Wellington, New Zealand. It's six in the morning. I'm watching you with breakfast. And you're like, what? But how has this gone from Darwin? You know, no one knows where Darwin is. You drive through it and you don't know you're in Darwin. And all of a sudden, you know, there's people tuning in from all over the world. But it, it was brilliant because I said to people at the end, look, I've just set up a Facebook page because it was always on an event. If you guys want me to do this next Thursday, if you want it to be a feature, go over, like the Facebook page, follow the Facebook page and you know, we'll see where it, where it goes from there. And we had, I think we had 160,000 people just like that. 
logged onto it, the YouTube channel, I mean, it's 194,000 subscribers at the moment, but we, we crossed, because with YouTube, you get the silver plaque um, when you go over 100,000 subscribers. And we, we managed to box that off in a week. But that's the, the one that, the, you know, if I take anything away from this, you know, obviously the, the fundraising and all the accolades are great, but the community, the Facebook community that we've created and all of our social media communities, it's just an incredible place because so many people say, you know, we've been isolated on our own. So we've had no way of connecting, but your community has helped us do that. We felt a part of something. And it goes back to, you know, like you say, in my eyes, pubs are the heart of a community. You know, mm. you can walk into any local pub and find anything you need. You know, there'll be a plumber, there'll be a dry liner, there'll be an electrician. There'll be a couple of podcasters who... at the back with a, with a <laughs> yeah, <exactly. standard>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, two random guys with a microphone talking to themselves. You know, there'll be something you can find in every single community pub. And the fact that we've been able to create this community as well, and then subsequently, you know, raise a, a lot of money for charity, it's, that for me means more to me than any of the awards that, and the recognition that I've got, because, you know, I love, the, I love the communities that we've got. They're great. So James is running a bit late as usual, so it gives me a quick opportunity just to give you an update on where you can find more about us on the social channels. So we're on Twitter and Instagram at Do More Good Pod. You can also visit us on the website at domoregood.uk. There you can find loads of episodes and information. And we're also launching our new newsletter soon. So you can hear all about our latest episodes and get some of the VIP content. Oh, here he is. Come on, James. Where you been? You talk there about the numbers going up, and, and let's talk about community in just a second. But before I forget about that number, was there a point? Is there a number where suddenly you just think it's so high now? It's a bit like being in a plane. I'm so high, I can't conceive of the, the height that I'm at. I don't know if you get to 50 people, 100 people, 10,000 people. Is there a number where you just, right, I'm just going to have to do this? It doesn't, doesn't matter if it's anymore. When I got that message, that said, can you tell me more about your pub quiz? And they didn't even know who it was. Not only did I not know who it was, I didn't even have any mutual friends with that person. So I knew I knew at that point that this had suddenly, somehow, since I last looked at it, when I set it up on the Saturday, it's got out of control. And for me at that point, I thought, right, okay, I've got to do something, but I don't know what. And then when Boris said, we're locking everything down, and I knew I wasn't going back to work on the Tuesday, I suddenly knew I had three days to put something together and come up with different ideas. If it hadn't, you know, 700 people and it had all plummeted back down to 40, I'd still have done it because I wanted, it was for me and my friends to get together and just have a laugh. You know, I'd have still been there no matter what. Because someone else said that to me. He said, oh, you know, once you realised how big it had got, surely you must have gone, right, I'm doing this. And I was, no, I'd have done it for 10 people. I'd have done it for five. You know, and I joke now that the long running joke that I've got is I will keep doing this because of the community, because of the quizzing and how much I enjoy it. I'll keep doing this until there's only one person watching. And invariably, that'll be my mum. <laughs> but I've said I'll, I'll keep going because I'm, I love doing it so much. Well, that was a really nice thing that you did is, is, is hand it over to them and say, if you want this quiz again next week, then kind of show the demand and it, and it will it, it'll make it happen. Because then you gave people ownership, you gave them the community. It wasn't that you were broadcasting; it was a, it was almost like a conversation. So, if you want it, I'll do it. That and that will have helped create the momentum for this for the second and third. Subsequently, you then got to the to the world record one, which was just insane. As you've spoke about 
the numbers just went up straight away. You were just like, this is crazy. I've suddenly now created something that has a community of hundreds of thousands of people, an audience that is getting ridiculous amount of views from nowhere. When did you consider the charitable aspect of it and, and, and actually thinking, I guess I'm interested in, did you think, okay, do I try and monetize this myself? Was, you know, I'm sure, you know, like us all at that time, we were all thinking, well, what does this mean for our own livelihoods? And, you know, you've just couldn't suddenly created a, an audience, but I'm just interested in your psychology and the decision-making behind thinking, okay, let's do some good with this. So again, it all comes back to the community. You know, once that Facebook page was set up, there was a platform there for people to talk on and for people to start communicating their ideas properly in a way that they would come through to me. One of the first people that reached out to me was um, who I call, you know, my right-hand man, the man, the myth, the legend, Alex. He's the deputy CEO of the Diana Ward and the Anti-Bullying. And he reached out and said, look, I watched last night. It was brilliant. However, I'd like to offer some help and some guidance because I could just see you looked a little bit rabbit in the headlights. You know, are you okay? kind of thing? I just want to sort of give you some help because obviously this is not an environment you're used to. In the lead up to that first quiz, I had a couple of people who shall remain nameless, but come out of the woodwork offering. We've got this great monetization opportunity or we've got this great idea. Can we use your platform that you've got to, to get involved? And I'm. I've got my head screwed on enough that I just went, no, I'm okay, thanks. After that first quiz on the Friday, I was going through a lot of the comments and it's one of the things I do like doing is reading as many of the comments and the messages that I can. And the overriding theme was, Jay, you need to do this for charity. Surely you can find a charity angle on this because you've got 180,000 people tuning into you. If you charged each of those people one pound to play the quiz every week, you've got £180,000 a week. But I didn't want to charge people for the quiz. I'd seen a couple of other quizzes where they were saying, right, you must pay to play. I thought, I don't want to do that. This was set up as a free, free enterprise. It's going to stay as a free enterprise. So, you know, we had some discussions around it. Um, I spoke to Alex. I spoke to my wife who works in the NHS. I said, you know what, I'm just going to set up a Just Giving page and see what happens. I'm just going to put it in the background. I'm not going to talk about it on the quiz. I don't want the quizzes to suddenly become some, you know, like children in need or, or comic relief, anything like that. And I'll just mention it. Hi, guys, there's a link in the description. We've decided that if you're in a position to help, then please donate money to, to the NHS charities together. But you're not, we're not forcing you to. You know, you don't have to. You know, it's entirely up to you and left it at that. And we raised, I think in the end, we raised 170,000 for NHS charities together over a space of a few weeks. And as that, at that point, a lot of people stood up and took notice of what we were doing. Mm. So then a lot of charities then got in touch and said, can we be, you know, your featured charity? And I said straight away, obviously, I wanted Connection at St. Martin's. This was my chance to repay them. So I said, I'm going to feed to them a Diana Award and anti-bullying. Alex didn't ask me, but I said, I'm going to feature them at some point. And then Alzheimer's Research UK, you know, the four biggest charities that we had on board. I've just kept that ethos. I don't want people to feel they have to pay for the quiz. But if they're in a position and they wanted to, then please do. In terms of sort of my own earnings and income, Alex then said, look, we need to find a way to get you something out of this. Obviously, YouTube monetization was was always there once you go over a certain threshold. But you know, the, the monetization and the advertising revenue on YouTube is throw a six to start kind of thing. You never really know what it's going to look like. 
so Alex said, well, he's found this thing called Patreon, which is a membership scheme and a membership setup. So you can set up all different rewards. And we just said, right, well, you know, and it was quite a heartfelt thing because at the time, you know, I was working in the motor industry, but I wasn't able to be furloughed. So I had nothing coming in. I was on universal credit myself. And it was the first time that I've ever properly sat and said, you know, put basically poured my heart out and was honest with people. I told them the whole situation and said, there's a Patreon membership scheme. If you're in a position to help, you know, and you want to support the quiz and continue it, please do. But the quizzes will remain free. You know, there was a lot of people came across and signed up, which now supports me. Obviously, there's a lot of companies that have come out and wanted to be part of the quiz, which has been great. But even when a company gets involved, it's, yes, we love to have you involved, but you need to support our charity as well. So I'm, you know, you might offer me a fee, but half of that is going to the charity that we support. Wow. We talked at the beginning about authenticity and for you then to be able to, to pay back the connection to Martin is a lovely, a lovely thing, isn't it? And I'm, I'm still working with them now. Um, you know, it wasn't like we featured them for a couple of weeks. And then, I mean, when, when we featured Connection at St. Martin's, there were friends of mine that didn't even know I'd been homeless for a couple of years. It's not something that I'd openly spoken about. But in front of 180,000 people, I needed to explain why I was picking a London-based charity, you know, over some, you know, big national charities. So I explained the story in loosest as possible terms. And a friend of mine rang me and went, sorry what why didn't we know this I said because it it made me who I am today but it doesn't change who I am today so you didn't need to know you know me for the person I am not for you know what happened to me 10 years ago because homelessness there is that perception around it and it does change people's opinions if you turn around and say oh yeah I was homeless for a couple of years there are people out there that will automatically think the worst but yeah I'm still working with Connection at St Martin's now I've just helped them with with an interview that goes in a a bit more in depth about sort of my experiences on the street and where I've got to now for their Radio 4 appeal at Christmas as part of St Martin in the Fields and I've said to him whenever I can whatever you need I'll help you out you know if you want me to come down to London and speak to you know some of your your donations and you know some of the people there by all means you know just keep me informed and I'll I, I unless I'm doing something I'll never turn down a request from them I'll always help them out. You've spoken there again Jay about kind of the experience and you know your friends not knowing about your background because I'm not I'm sure it's not something that just comes up in a conversation like oh by the way I was homeless 10 years ago but you're at the point now where you've you've had to tell those stories you've you've obviously had to give a bit more of your personality away in your your personal life what's that actually like from just going as a normal cloke walking around where nobody really you know knows you and you walk past them to I, I expect now you know, if you go out into Darwin, you, you're a bit of a local celebrity. What, what's, what's that like? Yeah, thankfully, I've not been out that much. I feel like I've been <laughs> self-isolated for seven months. Um, the worst one the worst one was the other day. I had to um, Lancashire Telegraph the day after the MBE announcement and Lancashire Telegraph put my face smack bang on the front page. So I wanted to go and get a coffee for the records and I pulled into the petrol station and there's me staring back at myself. And I'm thinking, this looks really egotistical. I'm getting out of the car wearing one of the hoodies that says you know general you know general knowledge and jay's virtual pub quiz picking up a paper with my face on the front and then walking up but yeah i mean do you know what? everyone's been lovely and that's that's the really nice thing isn't it there's not been any you know no one sat there and gone all oh, right he was homeless i'm not going to talk to him ever again or you know people know they know me i'm none of this has changed me i mean my friends i can't repeat what they think mbe stands for but things <laughs> like that bring me straight back down to earth so no one 
no one in my inner circle will ever ever let me get sort of you know big-headed or egotistical or suddenly you know outside my own house I'm doing the quiz on a Thursday night and I want to win Bago on the drive or anything like that you know they won't and that that's that's the key thing of having that really strong support network around me yeah lovely stuff I've always had to keep Kenneth's feet on the ground whenever he's been asked to do public appearances it's tough it's a tough gig <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> what have some of your highlights been over that journey I imagine it's been quite a roller coaster yeah you know coming off the streets I mean obviously getting married and now having a three-year-old you know just far and away it exceeds everything else I think for me do you know what the, the England Lionhearts thing is the one that, that broadsided me completely never expected anyone to come up and go here we go this is for you but the England Lionhearts when I when I looked more into it once after because I wasn't told anything about it I was just told I was going to be up recording some questions and that was it everyone else around me knew what was going on uh, including my wife who kept it secret for two weeks but when I found out, once it, the dust had settled and I'd sort of calmed down, I found out that, that there were a lot of people nominated me. And it was shortlisted by Harry Kane, Tottenham player. I'm a massive Tottenham fan. You know, Gareth Southgate picked. You know, there was this panel of people that I've sat there watching on telly have picked up my paperwork and gone, yeah, we like him, we'll put him in it. For me, that was, that was just an incredible thing to know that, you know, these people that I perceive, you know, to be heroes and legends for, you know, what they do, you know, to, to pick me, to be talked about in the same breath as, as Marcus Rashford that you mentioned at the beginning, what he's doing is absolutely incredible. And I, you know, admire him for what he's doing and taking a stand. And then you get my name along with it. Yeah, Jay Flynn does a virtual pub quiz. And I'm just like, why am I being talked about in the same breath as these people? But to be, to be honoured alongside them is, is just incredible. You, you're alongside Captain Sir Tom Moore. I mean, uh-huh. that is just... You know, this guy is going to go down in history and you're going to be long there beside him as, as when the country needed to respond during this pandemic and it needed people, heroes raised up and, and, and you were one of them. And I know, you know, some people don't like the, the, the word hero, but, you know, what you've gone on to do and what your platform has achieved. I mean, where did it go in the future, Jay? What, what, what's your hopes for the future in terms of the brand that you've created, the work that you've done for charities, that community that you've got, where, where do you see it? I've said, I mean, we've obviously talked about the future. I mean, one of the biggest things, one thing I want to do is when we're allowed, when we know it's more stable, I want to take what I do on a Thursday night and a Saturday night into the pubs and help that industry and get that kickstarted again and get people back into pubs you know, we'll go and do the quiz live on a Thursday night from the coaching horses in Norwich or wherever it might be in the country and tell people they can come down and watch it. And we'll broadcast live from there to try it because it's an industry that I love and it's an industry that I want to make sure that, you know, we can help out in any way we can. I want to put a documentary together around homelessness and try and shake off some of those perceived perceptions around it but tell it from from my side, you know, this is what I used to do. You know, I used to wake up and I used to go and do this other day and that other day and what have you. And but show people that there's help and support out there. You know, I'd love to. And, we, you know, we've started talking to a couple of people about that, whether or not we can pull it off. I don't know. But I would love to be in a position to do that. But the one thing I've said is no matter what happens, no matter whether it stays at this level or it, you know, goes to something bigger and we get to do documentaries and whatever it is, that that community, that Facebook community and all of our social media stays in place. And on a Thursday night, I am broadcasting a quiz live to whoever's watching because 
that's where it started and that is where it will finish just because you know in a year's you know however long it is 12 months 18 months two years and we're back to some kind of sense of normality there are still going to be people who have come along to this quiz who are still in that same situation they're still at home on their own without any family or you know they they can't see people no matter what we can do and i want to be there for those people nothing will ever change that i will always be there on a thursday night with a live quiz even i'm on holiday in a couple of weeks and i'm still going to be doing the quiz on that thursday night where are you going uh tenere now that the air bridge is open this was this was booked back in january and i've been very very nervous for the last three months as it was getting closer and closer and now they've opened the air bridge where you know um our, our tour operator has said yep you can go so i've checked in and i am ready to go a week on friday oh well Monday. deserved yeah. Jay, you strike me as a very, a very honourable man that, you, you know, you want to pay back to the community and, and to the hospitality industry as a whole. I do. I love the idea of a roadshow around pubs. I mean, that feels like that completes the circle in a lovely way. That's going to be a hit, isn't it? That's going to be you're going to get hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. going to need a few bouncers yeah, for those fun. pubs. I was going to say we might, might, might need some very big venues for it. But no, I mean, you know, the, the, as I said before, the pubs are the heart of the community you know it doesn't matter i mean there's so many pubs that i know i mean there's like you know there's a local pub you know back home in london that i still to this day will call my local and the one up here the you know you can walk into a pub and you know i mean there are some unfortunately unscrupulous pubs but 95 percent of them you can walk in a pub on your own and you either get left alone or you'll find someone to talk to and you end up with a new friend and all of a sudden you're back out with them on friday night and enjoying you know it, that's that's what these pubs are all about and if we lose them then you know you're losing the heart of it heart and soul of a community yeah. so if i can do something in some small way to go and take what we've built here back out into the real world but keep it virtually so it's not like right hi guys yeah i'm going to be in the coaching horses in norwich i don't even know if there is a coaching horses in norwich i just keep using it as an example but coaching horses in norwich oh but we're not doing it live on thursday on youtube because we're going to be there no we'll broadcast live from there so people at home still feel part of it and all of a sudden, they've got the atmosphere of a pub in the background as well. And yeah. the other thing I think is that obviously the, the pubs and, and you know you're, you're supporting Samaritans at the moment, but pubs have a place where people can go and talk to each other, right? And I think that's what we need through all of this. And I think hopefully that kind of narrative gets woven back into society that means that more people get out and support pubs again once they're yeah. open, because they are a place where you can go and share your problems, share a laugh, meet a stranger, spend time with family is Samaritan still the, the the charity you're supporting they've been our main focus for the whole of October brilliant brilliant that's really good so, Samaritan's been absolutely brilliant they've put together some very powerful videos that just just remind everyone that you know you can pick up the phone talk to people you know there is somebody out there who, who will listen to you I, I admire them for what they do you know they sit there on the phone all day every day to to listen just listen to people and be there for people so you know I was very proud to be able to support them this month so I look forward James we were definitely joining this roadshow when Jay comes anywhere near well James is South London Jay so he's he's born and bred like you South Londoner and I live up near uh towards There's the only- there's only one place we can go to see this, right? The Cogent Horses in Norwich. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if it doesn't exist, we'll have to build it. But... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, look, Jay, it's, I mean, it's an absolutely brilliant story. And, you know, we just 
thank you for coming on and sharing it. Thank you for everything that you've you've done to support charities, to support society and the community. And you know, you've you've done it, and you you've done it by just being you. And and you know, I think that's it's just it's just brilliant. You're very humble, and and you know, we really appreciate you sharing sharing that with us. Um, Jay, we do have a few quick fire questions that we normally ask at the end of our <laughs> podcasts. Uh-oh. Would you be interested? Do you want to go first, James? Yeah, we're turning the tables. Yeah. <laughs> what street is the coach and horses in Norwich? <laughs> <laughs> if you could transport your uh, back in time and meet your 20-year-old self, what piece of advice would you give and why? Follow the path that you're on. It's going to be okay. Nice. <laughs> There's probably going to be a few a few answers to this one. Can you tell us about one life hack or a productivity tool or a piece of software, a habit, a skill, something that you've taught yourself recently that you think everybody needs to know about? Well, for me, it is get organised, I think, is the biggest thing. So <laughs> I, I'm a pain for sort of getting distracted far too easily. So I'll sit there, watch, right, I'm going to write the quiz for Thursday night. Three questions in, I've got Netflix open on the right-hand side. So, you know, get organized and loads of people are working from home. Try and try and find your own space in your house, if you can, that takes you out of where you normally are. So for me, I'm upstairs in the spare bedroom. It is a shambles in here at the moment and I need to organize it, but I'm not where I normally sit. So it feels like I'm working. It feels like I've I've got goals to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And it also gives you that that kind of barrier where you're working and, and your home life and yeah, yeah. i've heard people yeah. talking about a fake commute have you guys come across yes. this I so we're like it's kind of leaving the house at quarter to nine like either going and grab a coffee or just go for a walk and then kind of get get back for nine and then do the same at the end of the day i haven't tried yeah. it yet Might, I think yeah. that kind of makes sense because i drop my wife off monday wednesday friday and my most productive days are monday wednesday friday because i take her take the little into nursery her to work and instead of coming straight home, I then toddle off to a certain uh, fast food restaurant, grab breakfast, eat that in the car park and then drive in. And then I'm straight into where I'm sat, you know, where I'm doing the majority of my work. So that fake commute sounds about right. Yeah, that will work. Yeah. A colleague of mine wears shoes between nine and five. She's at home. But she wears <laughs> shoes. And then when she takes her shoes off, that's it. End of work. Done. Yeah. I like Interesting. That. I like that. <laughs> We've, uh, we've gone off track somewhat. But, um, okay, final question for you. Uh, as a podcast focused on people doing more good, what is your favourite story or inspiring individual you have met on your journey or recently who has done something good for others? Do you know, the, for me, um, the most inspiring person I've met over the last seven months has to be Alex. Because although as Deputy CEO of the Diana Award, you know, he's already had... Yeah, what he's done and achieved but for me he when he was 16 he started plans to you know start you know come up with an anti-bullying campaign now I'd never heard of him before I didn't know who he was I'd never heard of the name but it apparently was well known but for me he is an inspiring individual because without him I don't think I would have been able to keep it together as long as it this has gone on mm. you know he is the unsung hero of everything in the background he has kept me going when I felt really low when things haven't worked properly he's come up with the ideas he's helped with the charities he's approached the charities to do all the work behind the scenes and he never he hates it when I mention him he hates it when I put him out there 
you know, he hated it when I didn't accept, you know, did a video on social media about the MBE and said that I'm accepting it on behalf of myself and Alex because he deserves it just as much. I told him that when eventually I'm allowed to go to the palace to pick it up, he is coming with me. He is taking one of those three slots that I'm allowed because he deserves it just as much as I do. But he very much just sits in the background. He's happy to sit on social media and just retweet things and share things and then have meeting after meeting after meeting alongside his own work to help this, you know, keep progressing. So he, without a doubt, is the most incredible individual that I've met. Everyone needs a good wingman, eh, James? <laughs> no, tell me when we find one. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. brilliant. Jay, look, thank you so much again. Is there any final thoughts? or I mean, if nobody's heard of you or where they want to find you or find more about your story, anything you want to promote at the moment? Yeah, the quizzes are every Thursday and Saturday night. You know, just search for Jay's Virtual Pub Quiz on Facebook and YouTube and you'll you'll find us. But for me, just, well, thank you very much for, you know, obviously for having me on. But for me as well, the, you know, a massive thanks has to go out to to the, the real heroes for me. You know, people keep saying to me I'm a hero and everything. But, you know, those NHS workers, the key workers, it's not just the key workers, it's the retail workers. You know, those have been out there on the front line who have been there all the way through this, you know, they're, they're the heroes. They're the ones who have been keeping us moving. You know, the, the lorry drivers, the delivery drivers, the postmen, you know, all those people who, who stuck with it out there while, you know, we were all sort of on Zoom meetings and doing what we were doing. You know, those guys, are for me, they're, they're the true heroes. So I just want to say thank you to any, any one of them that's listening at the moment. Great way to end it. James, should we catch up soon? We will do. Yeah, lovely to see you, mate. All right, Jay, all the best. Thanks a lot. We'll end it there. Cheers then. Just before we go, we have another couple of Spotlight episodes to share with you and a very special Christmas episode we're hoping to record in time for your lockdown festivities. We'll speak to you soon. If anyone wants to kind of follow up and actually enjoy this thing, where can they find us? Well, we're on Twitter, Kenneth, at DoMoreGoodPod, Instagram, at Do More Good Pod. Have we gone multi-channel and even gone to YouTube? We have. But you can find all those videos on the website domoregood.uk. And if you want to contact us by email, please use contact at domoregood.uk.